Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 18 of the One for the Money podcast. I am very glad and grateful you have taken the time to listen. Today, I will be sharing a personal and rather financially painful experience that can serve as an example of why you should stay invested which is quite appropriate considering the stock market of late. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I will share a strategy where you can use some stock market losses in a non-retirement account to ultimately reduce your taxes. Thank you for listening. Now on with the show. The last few years have offered more than enough unprecedented events, the stock market included. Back in 2020, with the global pandemic shutting the world down, we had the fastest bear market in history. As a reminder, a bear market is when the value of the stock market drops more than 20%. And in 2020, it just took 16 days for that to happen. And then it dropped further still. But only a short time later, the stock market rocketed higher with the fastest 50-day rally in history and later still with one of the fastest 100-day rallies in history. Now, in 2021, the U.S. stock market had more remarkable growth. But starting this year in 2022, the U.S. stock markets are off to their worst start to a year in more than half a century and has given up all of the gains from 2021 and some of the gains from 2020. And we are officially in another bear market. Now, seeing the value of your nest egg decrease can be incredibly disheartening. And sadly, far too many succumb to these emotions and sell their investments. In fact, a study by Fidelity found that close to one-third of investors over the age of 65 sold all of their stocks during the coronavirus meltdown. Unfortunately, because they sold, their investments missed out on these significant rallies to the upside. Here's a great quote from a recent Wall Street Journal article. People tend to sell after an economic downturn is already priced into equity markets. By selling at this time, investors are locking in their losses. Now, many believe we are due for a recession, and they will be right eventually, but there's just no way to know when it will occur or to what magnitude the recession will be, or let alone its impact on the stock market. But what we do know is that succumbing to these fears is detrimental to building wealth and early retirement. For clients in or near retirement, this is why we have the next few years of distributions invested incredibly conservatively, typically in cash. For those seven or more years from retirement, now is the time to keep buying on a periodic basis and to not sell stocks. Selling leads to realized losses and missed out gains. Trust me, I know from personal experience Because years and years ago, I succumbed to the fear and sold an investment and still rue the consequences today. To be candid, it's uh, still a rather painful experience, financially speaking, of course. 
but I believe you will benefit from the story. Years ago, I purchased the stock of an athletic apparel company. Now, my compliance department won't allow me to use the specific name of the stock, but based on the title of this episode, When Life Gives You Lemons, Stay Invested, you can figure out the name of the company. Well, back in the mid-2000s, my cousin in Canada told me about this great company that started in Vancouver, and that was just exploding in popularity. Well, a short time later, I learned that they were publicly traded, and since my wife had a few items from the company and absolutely loved them, I purchased some of the stock at $20 a share, and later sold it for around $30 a share, which was a 50% profit. However, during the 2008 financial crisis, when the stock markets were imploding, I purchased some of these same shares of the company for just around $7 per share, a huge discount from before. But a short time later, the stock dropped further to approximately $3.50 per share. My investments were down 50%, at least on paper, but I got scared and didn't want to lose more, so I foolishly sold, thereby guaranteeing my losses. Now, here is where it gets painful. Just how much has the stock price appreciated since the time I sold? Well, as of the date of this recording, June 20th, 2022, it has increased over 7,500% from the day I sold. Yeah, you heard that right, 7,500%. And that's after we're already in a bear market right now. As of this recording, the stock is now over $270 per share. Sure, I, I used the proceeds of my sale later to invest in some companies in the tech sector that worked out well for me, but emotional selling for me, like it always is for everyone, was a huge mistake. Of course, I should note now that I invest a lot differently than I did back then and invest in well-diversified, low-cost ETFs and mutual funds, but my sad story adequately illustrates the mistake of selling. But it's not just me, as many investors have done and do the same. In J.P. Morgan's both fabulous and free investment resource entitled The Guide to the Markets, it highlights the 20-year annualized returns by different asset classes and compares this to the average investor, which they define based on the analysis conducted by Dalbar Incorporated which uses the net aggregate of mutual fund sales, redemptions, and exchanges each month. Well, what does that exactly mean? Well, in other words, they measure the inflows and outflows into mutual funds. And no surprise, there are large inflows during market highs and large outflows during and near market lows because people invest emotionally. Now, the returns for various asset classes from 2001 to the end of 2020 show that the average investor over that time only earned a rate of 2.9%, which was only 1.5% higher than what cash would have returned during that time. However, the S&P 500, which is 500 of the largest publicly traded stocks in the United States, returned 7.5% over that time period on average per year. And small cap stocks returned 8.7%. Emerging market stocks, this is emerging markets. These are companies that are in China or India or Brazil. They return 9.9%. And real estate investment trusts, also known as REITs, returned 10% on average per year during that 
time period of 2001 to 2020. Now, all of these asset classes are represented in my and my clients' portfolios. So why exactly does the average investor so significantly underperform the stock market? Well, as you already know, because they let their emotions get the best of them. And as I shared, I can sadly relate. Now, some don't succumb to fear, but rather delusion, believing that they can correctly time the markets and know when to sell and when to get back in. But two of the most successful investors in history, Jack Bogle, founder of Vanguard, and Warren Buffett, said they have never met anyone that can correctly time the markets. And in fact, Warren Buffett recently said that he's never been able to time the market but that it worked out pretty well for him. And he's worth over $80 billion. Now, years ago, I attended a seminar that was held by an advisor who claimed that he could time the market. Now, you may have heard him on the radio make this claim. I learned later that they use a measure called the 200 moving day average. And when the stock market goes up or down by a certain percentage from that average, they respectively buy and sell. But in reality, it doesn't work because if it did, every manager in the world would be doing it. It really is more of a marketing gimmick to get people to call them so they can manage their money because nothing motivates people like fear. But again, they can't time the market because no one has a crystal ball. In another equally fabulous and equally free resource from JP Morgan, which is entitled Guide to Retirement, This highlights the perils of trying to time the market and why it doesn't work. And it shows the returns of the S&P 500 as if you invested $10,000 between January 1st, 2002 and December 31st, 2021. And if you would have invested $10,000 on January 1st, 2002, on December 31st, 2021, that $10,000 would have increased to $61,685, a return of 9.52% on average per year. But if you would have just missed 10 of the best days from that period of time, That's over 5,000 trading days or just 0.2% of trading days. Your return would have just been $28,260 or an average annual return of 5.33%. Think of the difference there. Difference of just missing 10 days had you miss over $30,000 worth of gains. Now, if you would have missed just the best 20 days, which is 0.4%, your return would have been $16,804, or your average annual return would have been only 2.63%. So $16,804 instead of $61,685, and you were just invested 20 more days to get that phenomenally higher return. Here's why you can't time the market. Because seven of the best 10 days occurred within two weeks of the 10 worst days. Six of the seven best days occurred after the worst days. And the second worst day of 2020, March 12th, was immediately followed by the second best day of the year. So the best days come very near the worst days and cannot be avoided. 
So take it from me, Warren Buffett and Jack Bogle, when life or the stock market hands you lemons, just stay invested. And one of the best ways you can stay invested is having an investment plan that is aligned with your goals. Your investment plan should account for market volatility and make the adjustments that will take advantage of the opportunities provided by the ups and downs of the market. Now, last fall, I shifted my clients' accounts towards value stocks over growth stocks, and that has proven to be a very good shift. Now, every investor needs to have an investment plan that aligns their investments with their goals, that can get them through these challenging times in the market. They should also be ensuring they are maximizing their corporate benefits, mitigating taxes to help ensure that they are making the most of their opportunities so they can retire early or earlier. If you don't have a plan or have one and want an assessment, feel free to schedule a complimentary meeting with me by going to betterplanningbetterlife.com and click on the contact page. We just updated the website and I'm really liking the new page, so feel free to check it out and give me some feedback on what you think. I'll include a link to my contact page and all of the resources in this podcast in the show notes. Now on to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Welcome to today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Today, I'll be sharing about the strategy of tax loss harvesting, which allows you to use losses in a non-retirement account to pay less in taxes. So what exactly is tax loss harvesting? Well, here's the definition from Investopedia. Tax loss harvesting is the timely selling of securities at a loss in order to offset the amount of capital gains tax due on the sale of other securities at a profit. The strategy involves selling an asset or security at a net loss. The investor can then use the proceeds to purchase a similar asset or security, maintaining the portfolio's overall balance. So what exactly does that mean? Let me give you an example using two hypothetical companies. There is company ABC and company DEF. And let's say I invest $10,000 in each of those companies. Company ABC has done really well for me and has increased to $20,000. So my initial $10,000 investment has turned into $20,000. Company DEF, well, that investment didn't go so well. I invested $10,000 and now it's only worth $5,000. So I've lost half my investments. Well, I have a $10,000 gain in one and a $5,000 loss in the other. Well, if I just sold company ABC, I'd have a $10,000 gain and I'd owe taxes on that. But if I also sold company DEF with that $5,000 loss, I could offset that $10,000 gain in company ABC or at least $5,000 of it with the $5,000 loss. So my losses could offset part of my gains. And that's what tax loss harvesting is doing. You are harvesting some of your losses to offset the taxes on your gains. Now, here's where the strategy gets really interesting. Well, let's say company DEF is an energy company and the entire energy sector is down. Well, I could sell company DEF for that 
$5,000, realize the losses to offset my gains in company ABC, but then use the proceeds to buy an energy mutual fund, one that's invested in a lot of different energy companies because the whole sector was down hypothetically. And so all the rally to the upside, I could continue to gain. Because if I believe that company DEF or the energy sector or any sector for that matter was going to rebound, well, I can get the losses out of the account and offset my gains, but then also get back into the market and get the appreciation as well. And that's the strategy behind tax loss harvesting. Now, some of you may be thinking, why didn't I just buy company DEF right after I sold it? Well, there is a rule with the IRS that says that you can't buy substantially identical investment within 30 days. So you have to wait at least 30 days plus a day just to be safe so that you're not buying the exact same company. You can't just realize the losses and go back into the same investments. Finally, some of you may be asking, what if I have more losses than gains? Well, the good news is you can use $3,000 of your losses to offset ordinary income tax. So if I had $10,000 of losses, I could use $3,000 in that year to offset my taxes for ordinary income. And that's good news. What would I do with that additional $7,000 of loss? Well, I can carry that forward to additional years. Now, tax loss harvesting can only be done in non-retirement accounts, but you can see the power of how you can use that strategy to offset taxes because that is a critical component to building wealth and early retirement. Anyway, so glad you could join me today and I hope you found this helpful. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.